Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to episode 89. I feel like this is going to be a good episode just because the number 89 is a vibe. I was born in the year 89, hence why I feel that way. Anyway, um, so today what I want to talk about is, well, basically the, the topic of today's episode is how to find your strength to leave. And this could be finding your strength to leave a group of friends, to leave a job, to leave a relationship or even to leave like a particular group. Like there might be, you might be caught up in like an MLM group or a religious group or whatever and you feel kind of either pressured to stay or you feel that you don't have the tools to stay or, um, sorry, you don't have the tools to leave or you might feel that if you were to leave, you wouldn't know how to kind of start your life over or how you would kind of survive depending on the situation that you're in. So I am going to go through, I think I've got like 10 steps for you. And a lot of them, some of them are just specific to relationships and others to like work or a group, but most of the tips are applicable across the board. Um, yeah, I honestly think that if you put everything that I say into practice and you action it, then you'll definitely feel more comfortable to be able to leave a situation, um, be able to deal with the feelings of guilt if they may arise, if these guilt feelings may arise and know what to do with it. Because I think guilt, if you don't really address it, look at it, compartmentalize it, break it down and kind of shed some light on it, it can kind of take the fuck over and cripple you and it'll leave you really not taking action because you feel so guilty or not really doing anything or living for somebody else instead of living for yourself. So we're going to break all that shit down. Anyway, I just ate like a Weiss bar and it was fucking delicious. It was the mango one, um, mango and fucking cream. And it was so fresh and divine and unpopular opinion. I don't like the ones with macadamias. I just like the plain straight up mango and cream. It was so good. And now I'm having a kombucha. So I'm not quite sure if that's going to like congeal in my stomach. So I'll fucking keep you updated as the episode goes. So as usual, quick weekly update. I actually, this episode is coming out on a Tuesday. I normally release my episodes on a Monday and then either a Thursday or Friday, depending on how my week pans out. Um, I would love to be eventually, hopefully in the near future, someone that has like a bit of a backlog, maybe like three or four episodes up my sleeve. So I'm not kind of like chasing my tail, but that's not the case at the moment for my life. It's been kind of like playing catch ups the whole time. So it really does depend on what's going on in my day to day of when that episode gets released. But the Monday one is always like always Monday 6am. However, this time I had to release it on Tuesdays. You guys will probably know if you're listening to it as it's coming out because my book deadline for my second book was slash is today. I literally just before recording this, I just hit the send button on the email and sent the book to the editor and publisher and it is done. I mean, keep in mind, of course, that's like the draft. It's like everything's written down. It's the draft. I've submitted it. And I even said in the email to, to the editor, I was like, I'm sure there's so many f like fucked typos or like sentences that aren't structured properly. But you know, when you look at something for so long, you just don't see it. So I said, here it is. I'm actually also going to have a look at it, like maybe just not look at it for a few days and then go over it again. But I thought I'd just submit it so they know that it actually is done and that I have met my deadline. I hate not meeting a deadline. Oh my God. Anyway, so thanks for being patient because I did put this on my Instagram and the Facebook group and I was like, guys, I'm going to be like 24 hours late with the podcast. So I appreciate it. Everyone was such a legend. They're like, you go girl. Yes. Oh my God. Like so supportive. Love my beans so much. You literally keep me young. You give me life. Now, Another thing that I quickly wanted to touch on 
is what am I going to do now that the book is done? Because I think I spoke to you guys about this before. I'm all about finding balance in life and not, you know, filling your plate up way too much and all that shit. And I also am somebody that really struggles to say no to a social occasion that I want to go to. Obviously, I have no no problem saying no if I don't want to go somewhere, but I happen to want to go to most things that I get invited to. So it's kind of trying to find that balance. And I've, I've found that this year has actually been quite intense for me because – and it's, it really is my responsibility. It's on me. But you live and you learn, guys. You fucking live and learn. I finished uni. And while I was at uni, I was in talks with my publisher again because obviously the book came out. It was doing really well in the publishers. Like, let's lock you in for this next book. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. And while I was at uni, I thought, okay, once uni's done, I can start writing it. I can submit the book by the 1st of November. And I just... Obviously, I really enjoyed writing the book, but I feel like I just was, you know, you know when you say yes to too many things and then when you're actually doing it, you're like, oh my God, when am I going to have a break? When am I going to this? When am I going to that? So finally now the book has been submitted and I think I want to spend probably a week, maybe two weeks, just focusing on the podcast, getting the card games out and regrouping, trying to have some downtime without saying yes to too many things so I can legitimately relax. I wish I could go to Queensland and see my friends and family, but maybe it's probably for the best because I'd be out every single night if I if I did that. And then what's next on the plate? What is next for me? Because as you guys know, I just love like it's go, 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 go. And I do really live for that. So I'm going to be finally getting my shit together with the merch. I've, I have finalized the ideas of what I'm doing for the merchandise, but then of course it's, you know, putting the concept together and then uh, getting it made, ordered, all of that. So I'll be doing that. I'm going to be doing something along the lines of kind of like an online kind of course. You kind of, you'll see in the near future what that's all about, but I don't want to fully announce exactly what it entails until I've got it a bit clearer in my mind. And of course, just really working on expanding the podcast, giving you guys what you want to hear, maybe trying to get a bit more in touch with my listeners as well, as far as like more contact on the Facebook page, on the Instagram. You guys are so good at engaging with when I ask questions and this and that. And I'd love to be able to dedicate a little bit more time to be able to get back to a bit more of you. Cause I know that that's something that I'm really like stretched thin with. So thank you guys for for just being overall legends. Now, let's just get into the topic of today. I've said everything I need to say. I'm going to stop rambling. Let's do it. The topic is finding your strength to leave. I've broken it down into points. Let's start with the first point. Number one, when you're looking to leave something and you're in that position of, I don't know if I can leave. I don't feel strong enough to leave. What am I going to do when I leave? How am I going to survive? Will I miss them? Will I regret it? Blah, 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 blah. Number one, you have to get in touch with what you lost before you entered this relationship, job, cult, MLM, religious organization, whatever the fuck it is that you want to leave, okay? You've got to get in touch with what you lost. It could be passions, hobbies, other people that you used to hang around with, your way of thinking, 
the way you used to argue, just your 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 wit, your your humor, a big one, your independence. Start to create a list in your mind of the things that you loved about yourself or your life that is no longer possible because of this and would be possible if you were to leave. Get clear on it because these things, if you are really clear knowing that once I leave this situation, I will have access to this again, it is a very motivating driving force for you to be able to do it. Have it in a list, write it down and have it clear for you. A really, really big one is that, especially in toxic relationships or, you know, um, overbearing relationships, is this idea of not being able to hang around with people that you used to hang around with. I know so many relationships that are, and I know this personally, and it's also like I get, I get DM'd about this all the time, but it's this idea I mean, it happens in all kinds of dynamics with relationships, but but as an example, it's the idea of like, if I'm a girl dating a guy, I don't want my boyfriend to be hanging out with other girls. He should not have any girlfriends or, uh, you know, and this idea that guys can't be friends with girls or girls can't be friends with guys, that's a really toxic mentality. It seeps into like the veins of a relationship and rots it from the inside out. It's this idea of control, lack of trust, lack of trust for the person that you're dating, but also lack of trust for people and society in general. It's very, very fear-based and toxic as fuck. And I... One of this is a pet hate. Here we fucking go. A pet hate is people who genuinely think that girls and guys cannot be friends. Okay, fucking absurd, ridiculous. If you're one of those people, you're gonna hate this episode. So if you are in one of those situations, that is something that you can get back in touch with. You can think I've literally cut out a whole bunch of friends just because they are of the same gender of the person that I'm dating. And that is something that I could get back if this relationship was to end. If you are in a particular, you know, for example, a pyramid scheme or a multi-level marketing thing, and you've literally been isolated from your friends or isolated from certain people in your life, you can start to get those relationships back that you miss. If you are in a religious organization and you had to cut out hanging around with a certain group of people, you can get that back in your life. So just get really in touch with what it is that you could regain with who you used to be and the aspects of that person that you loved that is now gone. That's number one. Number two, become acutely aware of what your future will look like or will continue or what your life will continue to look like if you were to stay, okay? Don't it's don't think, oh, in a year this is going to change, in this this is going to change. Let's, let's sit the fuck down and break it down. Ask yourself, is this likely to change? Is this likely to get better? Am I going to be happy? Am I going to gain more independence? Am I going to gain more control of my life? Or is this as good as it's going to get? Answer that question for yourself and be realistic, okay? And don't listen to what people are telling you. Listen to what their actions are showing you. Words mean fuck all. They mean fuck all. They're a good kind of like they're a good starting point just to get the conversation started. 
but words prove nothing. So you've got to look at someone's behavior, the people around you, how they're behaving, the situation that you're in. If they're behaving a certain way, that is what you are basing your decision on, what the rest of your life is going to look like if you were to stay. If someone's saying, oh, I will change, I will change, but they're not taking any steps to change. They haven't taken any steps yet. They haven't shown you that they're capable of doing something and sticking to it. If they're not doing all of that and just talking, the words mean fuck all, okay? Fuck all. I don't have time for that shit and neither should you. Number three, let yourself know. If it's bad now, do you think it's going to get better? And why do you think it's going to get better? Are there signs of improvement? Or are you just being really optimistic or are you in denial because you can't believe that you've you've allowed yourself to fall into the situation that you're in right now that you're trying to get out of, Okay genuinely, and I'm not being sarcastic here, there might be signs that it's going to improve. There might be certain things that show things are going to turn around. You might be working in a company where there's a new CEO that's about to come in and it's promising. Okay, that's fine. And you might want to wait at it out a little bit longer. With relationships, I'm a little bit more skeptical, but say, look, you could be in a relationship where your partner's like, I am now legitimately going to therapy every single week and I'm really trying. That's promising. That's very promising. So that might be another reason. But if nothing is changing, then do you actually think it's going to get better or are you in denial and is it just a narrative that you've told yourself again and again, right? Number four, try to see as many ways that when you do leave this situation that you can regain your independence as quickly as possible. Most of the reason that people stay in a situation or a relationship or whatever, I've given you the examples, is because they have lost their independence. They are depending on this situation or relationship and that is why they are staying there. They have or you have entered a relationship where you are now dependent on these people. You're either dependent for money, you're dependent for relationships and security because you've cut everyone else out, you're dependent because you seek all your validation from them, you might be brainwashed in a certain way, you might be dependent because you owe something to these people. A lot of uh, organisations or relationships that are toxic try to get you to lose your independence as quickly as possible. That is the best way to get someone to stay with you no matter what, if they can't leave, if they feel that they don't have the resources or tools. And the more independent you are, the more resources and tools you have, the more resourceful you are as an independent person. A dependent person is less resourceful. A dependent person has less things they can access to live their life alone without like needing to have people supporting them all the time. And emotional support is a big one. So even financially, if you're okay, you might need these people for emotional support. So pay attention to the situation that you're in and ask yourself, has this person or or have these people taken steps to get me to depend on them? If that is the case, then ask yourself, what are the things that that I'm leaning on them for? And then once you write them all down, whether it's financial, whether you're living in the same home, whatever, whatever, once you write them all down, you've got to start to find alternatives around that. But get really, really clear on what it is. You might be depending on this group of people because they're your only fucking friends now. What if you're someone who's been in MLM, for example, multi-level marketing thing, and you've just pissed off all your fucking friends around you because you keep trying to hit them up for like to sign up to this like scheme. And now the only people that you hang around with are people within the same organization. 
Or what if you are dating somebody and they have turned you away from all your friends and family and made you either think poorly of them or made your friends and family kind of step away because your partner's so toxic and now you are absolutely isolated. So you now depend on that partner for companionship, for friendship, for romance, for absolutely everything. Okay, so get clear on what it is that you now are not independent in. What categories? So that way you can start to look for things that are going to either replace it or you can start to try and reach out to your old connections and try and um, rebuild these old connections that mattered to you, like friends or family. Number five, ask yourself, are there a lot of conditions and the, are the conditions quite toxic in the relationship? Like, to be dead honest, I think every relationship should have conditions. I'm not a fan of unconditional love. Obviously, if it's your child, yeah, whatever. But I don't think any kind of love should be unconditional. There should fucking be conditions on everything. If you fucking treat me like shit, then I'm not going to love you. Condolences, can't, but au revoir. I will not love you and I will leave. So, of course, conditions are necessary to a certain degree for sure. But are there weird conditions that are kind of crossing the line or a bit too invasive in your life? For example, like if they're saying to you, if you leave, then you never have access to this again. If you leave, you're going to be burning a bridge. If you leave, I'm going to be the the, the shit that people are going to think about you. Like, are there weird threats or conditions around you staying or leaving? If there is, then that is not love. They do not love you. They just want to control you. And whether it's a group or a person, it's this big insecurity of trying to keep you with them to strengthen them, either as an individual or as a group. This idea of like, if you leave, you'll be shunned from the community or shunned from this friendship group or shunned from this family, then that is a huge indication that you should fucking leave. It is a good thing to identify these things and it is a good thing that somebody um, puts those parameters in place because then you know for a fact what the deal is, what the dynamic is, that it's not love, that it is control and it's more like maybe you're not grateful at the time but you can then look back in future and turn around and be like, thank fuck that person put those weird ass conditions and parameters to this relationship because it made me realise that that was not but it was um, control or needing power over me. Number six, do you feel in debt to these people so you feel that you can't leave? So these kinds of debt are either financial debt, emotional debt in the sense that they helped you when you were down, they did all of this for you, they, you know, in your hour of need, they were the ones that picked up all the broken pieces and helped you to be where you are today. So then you're like, I can't leave this group. This is really typical with a lot of like religious organizations as well. Like they'll be really, really charitable, help you when you're down and now lol, give me 10% of your income. Okay. So that kind of shit. Um, and if it's, a, if it's a partner, same situation. Okay. That's a debt, right? That's emotional debt. What about a time? Time can be a debt as well. So for example, let's say you start working somewhere and someone's mentoring you and training you and training you and then it gets like to the three-month mark and you're like, I really want to leave. I really want to leave. This is not for me. I'm trying to like it. I've tried my best. But you feel that you can't leave because you feel so guilty that they've just invested all this time and energy into training you, right? So if you have this kind of debt I want you to first identify what the debt is and then I want you to understand that as much as it sucks and as much as you want to do the right thing, people, unless you have 
an a like a, an agreed contractual like an, a contractual agreement is what I'm trying to say. Can I fucking learn how to talk? Unless you have an agreement, when somebody does something for you, too bad if you can't pay it back. So, for example, if I go and drop my friend off to work every single day, and then one day I ask for a lift, and she says, "No, I'm really sorry, I can't give you a lift." I can be annoyed all I want, but she's totally in her right to say I can't give you a lift because we have not signed an agreement that says if I do this, you do this. Okay, I have to be okay with the fact that every time I gave her a lift, it was because I genuinely was happy to do so with nothing in return. So unless you enter an agreement where something has to be given in return for something that you gave, then at the end of the day, they have to be they have to live with the fact that they were going to give it to you out of charity, right? And the same goes in return. If you're going to do something from for someone, you have to be okay with that not ever being repaid. And if you are not okay with that, then you need to enter in an agreement with that person and make it clear that you're only willing to do something for them if they are going to repay you and then lay out the parameters around what kind of a repayment you're expecting. Agree on it and then go ahead with the action that you're going to do for them or whatever that you're going to do for them. If you don't put that into place, don't be disappointed. Don't set yourself up for disappointment disappointment if they then can't repay you. They might not repay you because A, they don't realize, B, they don't want to and don't care, or C, they don't have the capacity to repay you. They might not have the time, the money, or the resources to repay you in in the way that you, you know, with what, like they can't repay you the way that you have, you know, given them shit or done stuff for them. They might not be able to do that. Now, having said that, this is how you learn which people you want in your life and which people you don't. I'm not saying be a fucking doormat, do everything for everyone, don't expect anything in return. Not at all. This is how you start to determine the relationships that are, you know, reciprocal and the ones that are not. You know, obviously you might be in certain relationships where you don't mind doing more for the other person because the other person might repay you in a completely different way or you know that they're not capable of doing it and you don't care or you might get into a friendship and think, you know what, I feel like I'm always doing everything. This person is never doing nothing. They don't even notice that I'm doing something. So maybe that relationship just isn't worth your while. But what I'm saying is that to expect things is to uh, be disappointed, okay? And vice versa. So if you're in a situation where someone did something really nice to you and now you feel that you're in debt and you have to pay them back, you've got to understand that you – Unless, like, unless it's an agreement, you don't have to pay them back. And if the situation is toxic, get the fuck out and don't stress too much about paying them back. If it is financial, which is more likely to be some sort of – often, not always, financial um, things are some sort of an agreement – then you can set up, you know, you can you can acknowledge the money that needs to be paid back, but you can still leave, you know. Sometimes it's better when you're leaving and say, I know that I owe you exactly bang this amount and you'll be seeing that money in the next X amount of time. You can still leave. You can still pay someone back after, like, and leave prior to that, prior to the relationship. The same goes if it's a work thing. Like let's say that they gave you a bonus as long as it's in the contract, if they gave you some sort of bonus when you started work and then you're leaving because it's just not the job for you, if it's not in the contract, you don't have to pay them back. As much as it sucks, that's just life. You have to protect yourself and you have to do what's right for you. Just because someone's done something for you, it's not worth your mental health deteriorating just because you feel bad or guilty. No, that's not how it works, okay? Now, number seven kind of ties into this whole thing, and it's kind of how to not feel guilty. 
I'm going to use an example of being trained by, like the example I used before, the employer. Like say you're working somewhere, someone's been mentoring you, training you, dedicating all this time for you, and then you decide that it's actually not the job for you, you want to leave. But you feel so terrible because they've put all their time and resources into you. How do you not feel guilty? The way to not feel guilty in this situation, you're going to feel some sort of guilt and that's fine, you're human, that's okay. But the way to not have this guilt be so overbearing that you don't take action is to look at it this way. In this particular scenario, when you're applying for a job and when you get that job and do all of that, the people that are training you are paid to train you, okay? That is their job. Yes, it is an inconvenience if you leave, but rather the business be inconvenienced than you be genuinely unhappy where it's affecting your mental health and staying in a career that affects your life, okay? Look at it from both angles. For you, it's affecting your life, your happiness, your mental health, staying here when you don't want to stay here, when you know you could be somewhere else. For them, it's an inconvenience until they replace you. Notice the difference? It's not worth it. So you've got to always look at the bigger picture and say, I know that it's so, you know, I feel so guilty, it's so embarrassing, but that is their job, okay? When they go home, they're not fucking freaking out. It's not affecting their life. It's not affecting their mental health. That's their job. That is part of the business, the career, whatever. For you, it does affect your life. So that's when you need to look at the bigger picture and say, no matter how bad I feel, in perspective, it's going to affect me a lot more to stay then it will affect them if I leave, okay? Now, when you look at it from a relationship standpoint and how to not feel so guilty, you've always got to look at – now, there's two kinds of things. If, if it's not a toxic relationship and you want to leave this person but you are absolutely crippled with guilt so you're staying with them, I always – and I, I think I'm pretty sure I've said this before at least once – you have you, – you owe it to the person – to leave them. You owe it to them to break up with them. Because if you are feeling so guilty, okay, yeah, that's nice that you care about them. That's genuinely lovely. I understand that. And we've probably all been there. But if you're feeling so guilty to the extent that you stay with them and you don't leave them, then you are undermining that person. You are saying this person does not have the ability to get over me. This person's going to be miserable forever. This person, just fucking give them some fucking credit. They will get over you. They will learn to be happy and they will move on to somebody else. Some people, it might take them a long time. Some people, it might be a lot quicker. But it is not your job to determine how in pain that person's going to be and it is not your responsibility to stay with them so they don't suffer that pain, okay? Even the nicest people in the world get dumped. The nicest people in the world go through heartbreak. That is life, okay? So you have to understand that if you don't love someone, you are doing them a disservice staying. They are much better off being heartbroken for six months, heartbroken for a year, than being with someone who doesn't want to be with them. Fuck that shit. I would rather someone dump me in the most fucking dramatic way possible than dump me out of pity. Oh, I'd rather vomit in my mouth every fucking minute of the day. Anyway, next point. Number eight, create a support circle or 
at the very least, be aware of what your support circle is going to be when you leave. These are, it could be anyone. It could be people that you actually know, like your old group of friends. It could be your family that you're trying to reconnect. Or sometimes people find it easier for that to be a group of strangers in a support group, whether it's a support group online or whether it's a support group in person. But get clear on what that support is going to be when you leave. If you leave and you have not set up for yourself some sort of a support network, especially if you are emotionally fragile, especially if you feel that you are, you know, have a disconnect to your old life in the sense that you might have cut ties with a lot of the people that you were close with, then the likelihood of you returning in a moment of weakness is going to be a lot higher, Okay. For, for whatever it is, for this organization, some sort of a cult, for a relationship, for a toxic group of friends, you're going to feel that not only will you have to return because you feel so isolated, but you're going to feel like you have to crawl back to these people and like kind of beg and then it's going to be even worse. So you need to you need to get clear on what support you're going to reach out to when you leave. Ideally, and if, if possible, access that support now. Before you even leave, the sooner the better and say, look, this is what I'm going to be doing. But don't don't fuck around back and forth, bite the bullet, okay? But just have this support group for you. Always remember that if you are feeling down and out and you don't have someone to lean on, you're going to feel pulled to miss the people that you left or the person that you left, okay? Number nine. Get cracking on new experiences. The moment you leave, get cracking on some new fucking experiences. Stagnation will only have you focusing on the past and and the lack of something in your life, okay? The more new people you meet, the more experiences you have, the more new habits that you didn't implement before or patterns that you can get into, then the more space you put between your past self and your new self and the harder and the more unrealistic it will feel to go back to your old life. If you leave a situation that's toxic or doesn't work for you but but the only thing that changes is that that person or those people are not in your life and you're not doing anything to drastically shake up your life and get some new experiences under your belt, then you're going to feel that void very intensely day in, day out, okay? You need to quickly start to shake things up and put things in between your old life and your new life, okay? Whether that be a different job, even if you don't mind your job, whether that be a a hobby, whether that be going on a holiday. Even one thing that I really recommend is um, go on a – if you're breaking up with somebody – and you used to always go to, for example, oh, this is much easier if I give it from my perspective. I used to go with my ex to Bali often, okay? And then once we broke up, I was like, oh, I can't go to Bali, this and that, and Bali's going to... So then I went to Bali with my girlfriends. And now 99.9% of my memories from Bali are the two trips that I did with my girlfriends there and not the ones that I did with my ex. I rewrote the memories in the places that I loved. So that's another thing you can do. You can go to similar places soon after so you're not like fully avoiding it and rewrite those memories with some fun fucking people, okay? Number 10, make the decision to leave as irreversible as possible. If you're in a toxic situation, if, if you feel that you're going to burn that bridge, burn the fucking bridge, okay? Don't let someone saying, oh, you're going to burn a bridge to, to threaten you to stay. If you're not happy and if, you're, and you, if you've been thinking about leaving and it's not working for you and you know it's not going to change, what's so bad about burning that bridge? Good riddance, can't, okay? Burn the bridge. Put in 
um, actions, put in steps to make that decision that you've made to leave as irreversible as possible. Now, if you listen to my podcast a couple of episodes ago where I talk about this idea of, oh, what the fuck was the episode called? Wait, I'm going to pause. One sec. Okay, it's called like finding finding the point of no return. It was like maybe five episodes ago. Go listen to it if you haven't already. This is very much along the same lines of what I'm talking about in that episode. It's this concept that if you fully bite the bullet and commit and t- put put certain steps into place that make it harder to go back to your old life, you are more likely, and they've done studies on that, you are more likely to be happy with and commit to the decision that you've made. If you half ass it, like, oh, I'm kind of, let's, oh, it's a break. I'm just going to, oh, I just need to, f- fuck. No, 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 no. If you half ass it, you're going to think, did I make the right decision? Did I know? If you make the decision reversible, then you're going to be caught in between two worlds. You're going to have this nostalgia of looking at the past through rose-colored glasses and this fear of the future because you're not fully committed. So you're not diving headfirst and you're not truly experiencing life the way it could be if you were to dive in headfirst, okay? So burn the bridge if you need to, but also make that decision as irreversible as possible. And ideas for this could be sign a lease, sign a lease, and then say to your partner, I'm moving out. I've literally dropped my deposit. I've, I've, I've paid the bond. I'm moving out, okay? Um, you can l- already give your job 30 days notice and start looking for just part-time work or, or whatever in the meantime to make ends meet, but to ensure that you actually leave. You can... Um, make a financial investment in something or you can, whatever, whatever it is that you want. But go back and listen to that episode because it's quite relevant to this point. The last one is number 11, I want to say. I can't remember, 11, I think. Um, Don't allow for too much time and space for someone to convince you otherwise, for someone to convince you to change your mind. The first thing you can do for that is you've got to identify how nervous you are about telling this person or how scared you are to tell this person. The better you understand how you're feeling when you enter this situation and how much power this person or this group of people have over you normally, then the better you can prepare yourself for how you're going to deliver the information that you are leaving, that you are walking away from this situation, okay? So firstly, Remove all sorts of languages that is like, I think it's best that I'm thinking that I should, I'm really sorry, but you've got to be very um, final and determined with your language. Your language will speak volumes. Secondly, if you are so terrified that you're going to be convinced otherwise, you can put it into writing. That's another really good way of doing it. So at least the first time that that person hears about it, it's in a letter or it's in whatever. And I know that people are like, oh my God, can you believe that that person broke up with me via text message and via whatever? Yeah, okay, that would suck. I understand that. But if you are in a toxic situation and you are worried that that person's really good at manipulating you and they're going to manipulate you to feel guilty or whatever and get you back, break up with that person however the fuck you want. There's no rule book with dumping people. And also, the relationship is ending. So who gives a flying fuck with how how it gets done, you know? If you break up with someone over text message, yes, it would have been nice to have a conversation, but if they're going to manipulate you for you to turn around, then dump them over a text message. I don't care. Do what needs to be done to get out of the situation, okay? Your priority in this situation is to get out and get out for good, okay? If you know that you absolutely do not have the backbone 
then break up with them in whatever means you find is best for you. And if it is a text message, then so be it, okay? If you feel, if you're in a situation where you feel that you cannot talk to somebody about it without being terrified for whatever reason, then I'm sorry, you don't have to be in that situation. You don't have to be in that situation and don't feel bad about it. And in regardless, if you are in a toxic situation, they're going to talk shit about you regardless of how you dumped them, whether it was text or whether it was in person. If they're not a good person, they're going to find ways to talk shit about you anyway. So just cut your losses. And if you don't want to deal with it that final time, then don't, okay? Keep it clean, keep it simple and protect yourself. I'm done with people feeling guilt-tripped into how they even have to end a relationship. If it's ending, it's ending. And if the person's so toxic that they can't have a normal conversation, that's on them, not on you. So that's the way I want you to look at it. You've got to look at it being like, if I know that you're going to behave in a way that's going to make me feel uncomfortable, it is your fault that I'm not talking to you about it. You have set it up that way. And because of that, you now get a text message. You get a fucking messenger pigeon and I'm not going to talk to you about it. And if they hit you up to discuss it and say, you now have to talk about it, you this, you that, no, you don't. Okay. When I was a lot younger, I was in a relationship. I was 18, I want to say, 18 or 19, 18. I was dating a guy who was just one day, long, long story short, I'll have to explain this story in, in more detail. But anyway, he went absolutely ballistic one night and shit hit the fan. We had an absolutely massive fight in public. It was quite awful, actually. Very, at the time, I was like very shaken. And then, I left with my cousin and I was done in my head. I'm like, I'm never, I'm done. I'm done with the relationship. I cannot be with him. And I was getting all these messages from him saying, answer your phone, call, answer, answer. He called like 20 times in a row, all these text messages. Mind you, he knew that I had left with my cousin, okay? It was not a situation of like, I don't know where you are, this and that. And he's saying to me, I don't like, you're being unfair now. You're being so unfair. I don't even know if you're safe. At least call me so I know you're safe. And I'm quite impressed that I actually didn't call him back because I was so like beaten down and so fragile in this relationship and such a doormat when it came to this man that I'm amazed that I I think I was just so angry and so frustrated and it had just come to this boiling point where I was on the verge of exploding. So that was the night that I'm like, I am not. I had enough insight, amazingly, and I was a bit drunk, but I just knew He has my cousin's phone number. If he genuinely was concerned about my safety, he would have called her. And he didn't. Not once. Didn't call. Didn't text. Okay? So those were manipulation tactics to get me talking so that way he could then convince me otherwise or convince me that I've done something wrong or convince me that this whole thing was my fault and the fact that he blew up and went absolutely insane in public was all on me and not on him. I can guarantee you that that's what he was trying to do. I just didn't allow for it because I knew that he was then trying to guilt trip me into thinking, oh my God, he's so concerned about my safety and here I am absolutely ignoring him. When in reality, what it was, was an 18-year-old girl who was just a little bit terrified thinking, I'm done answering to you. You are scaring me. I don't want to talk to you right now because you're in a very angry place. So I just want you to realize that you can tap out whenever you want if you don't feel comfortable or safe enough to talk to somebody, okay? And that is different to ghosting. I'm not even going to go into that. If you want to hear my opinion on ghosting, I have an entire episode on that. So I'm not confusing this with ghosting. I'm not saying just vanish out of thin air without a reason or an explanation. 
But in this scenario, if someone has made you feel super uncomfortable or if you are in a toxic situation and you want to end it and you just wanted to write them a letter or a message and then they kind of try and guilt trip you into meeting face-to-face, what I'm trying to let you know is that you absolutely have the right to, um, to deny that or to refuse that. You don't have to do that. Because at the end of the day, the relationship is ending. So what is one final conversation if you don't want to have it? You don't have to have it. You own your time. You own your life and you own everything that you're doing from this point onwards. They might have had, you know, a lot of pull on you prior to that, but they don't anymore. And the buck stops with you and it stops right now. So you make that decision. And I know you can do it. I know you can do it because you've probably been hopefully listening to this podcast for a long time and I'm, I want to be that fucking like devil or, or angel or whatever in your ear, cheerleading you along the way. You're definitely capable of doing it, but you've got to put into place these parameters to support you to do it the best way possible. So look at all these points that I just mentioned and set yourself up in a way that you're less likely to return, you're less likely to go back, you can bite the bullet and you're protecting yourself and your mental health while you do it. Okay. Love you so much. Um, And yes, that is all. That is all for today. Love you guys so much. Please, if you are not already a member of the Facebook group, please join. It is Do You Fucking Mind with Alexis Fernandez. Um, It's a private group. And then I just like let everyone in. You just have to answer like three questions about it just so we don't get any like weird people selling fucking weird products on the page. So you're just going to answer those three questions and then you'll be let in. Um, There's an amazing community there, people offering some really, really great advice. Sometimes people go there because they just want to like have something reinforced to them. The community is so awesome. So I really thank you all for getting involved, for being there for each other, but also for opening up and for telling your stories and for, you know, being vulnerable on that page um, and creating that beautiful community that we have there. So thank you. Again, thank you for sharing the episode. Um, Shout out to some some of my listeners in Germany in Germany you guys probably think I don't pronounce Danke properly at the end, so I apologize. I apologize for all of that. But yeah, I've noticed that I'm getting um, more and more downloads each week in Germany. So love that for all of us. Um, anyway, that is all. Have an amazing week. Thank you for bearing with me with the slightly later episode. And I will come to you with an episode on Friday. Remember, guys, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone. And especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.